Hey all, welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and I'm joined by Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. And Kevin. Hello. We've been gone for a bit, but we're back. Geek Freaks Network is live, and so is the uh, all the different channels. We'll have all the links to all the new channels in the description that you guys can find all the new places you need to sub to. Uh, if you don't see one of our new podcasts on your platform that you prefer, you know, listening to podcasts on, please let us know. We'll make sure it's working. There's a lot of different podcast distributors out there, so we have to catch them all. All right, our question for the week is: What is the best open world game? And then I want to know what makes it the best open world game to you. What are you looking for in an open world game? I, I had a hard time with this because I've fallen away from open world games as of the last, I don't know, five, six years even. Um, I'm going to say that my favorite open world game is probably Fallout New Vegas. Mm -hmm. And it's great. And what makes an open world game great is the, the liveliness of it all. Like yeah. you can go from one area to another and have a totally different experience based on how the NPCs are talking, uh, you, what you do physically in the game when you're there. Um, New Vegas just had a really great way of feeling alive and different from the rest of the Fallout universe. Um, the, the closer you got to the strip, the more talking about like betting and gambling and stuff you got, the further on the outskirts you got is kind of like going to the Outer Rim in Star Wars. It was like, no man's land. There was just yeah. gangsters and uh, killings and stuff everywhere. It's, it felt alive and it felt like I was part of the world, which really sucked me in, which is what I love about that game. One of my favorite games. Living world. That's a really good way to put it. Uh, for me, I think traversal is so important. We've talked about this in the past with like Spider-Man and like Red Dead Redemption, where you're riding your horse, being able to get around the, the city or the area quickly and in a fun way is very important because if I'm just going from Fast travel to fast travel, it's very boring. And a great example in, in recent history is Halo Infinite. They added the grapple hook, and it's amazing how one thing has made that game so much better. Because, yeah, I could fast travel around. I'm not going to. I'm going to Master Chief grapple my, up, my way up a mountain and down and everywhere, left and right. It's a lot of fun. And so I think traversal is very important to an open world game. My favorite one is just hard to say. I, I was first going to say World of Warcraft, but actually, you know what? I'm going to give it to Red Dead Redemption because that story was amazing and i felt like unlocking the map truly unlocked the story they were tied together so well that it was rewarding you know jonathan what, what's your favorite open world game and why is it your favorite that's hard to hard to say because we were just talking about sea of thieves and i really like that game but i'm still i think i'm gonna stick with uh, minecraft because that's the game that i put the most time into um and i like in minecraft that you know it's open world in the sense that you can just keep walking and it will continue to generate more terrain and it's, you know, ever-changing to some extent. Um, and it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to survive. And you, I've many times gotten lost where I can't get back to the village that I had already been building. And it's like, well, either I could just delete the save and start over or try to, you know, go back to a previous save. Or I'm just going to start a new town out here. And then usually I'll do that. I'll start a new little town or village or build. And then maybe someday I'll journey back in that direction and find where I was before. But... Um, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know, a good open world game. It's fun. Yeah. And it's funny cause that one's not about traversal at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it's more about almost getting lost. That game is so big, mm -hmm. which is kind of one of its big perks is like, you have to actually map where you're at. You actually have to, you know, put down markers and stuff like that. And then we'll see a thieves that is all traversal. <laughs> that game, <Yeah. laughs> the road, the road, your journey is actually the point of the game. Not necessarily where you're going. Uh, cause those are just islands that don't matter much, but yeah, open world games are pretty great. <laughs> All right. Um, we just learned that E3 
is going to be going virtual again. Uh, we expected this, right? With everything flaring up, you know, it's virtual again. We will cover it on the podcast, over on TikTok, over multiple podcasts. So E3 will be here at Geek Freaks just as it was before. We're already in, uh, approved for the whole media thing, so we know we'll get all the information we had last year as well. Hey, all This episode is brought to you by We Are Marvel Podcast. They are an MCU-focused podcast. Every month, they talk about each MCU movie in release order. Their latest one covers Ant-Man. Good time to jump in. We Are Marvel talks about the pre-production, interesting facts about the movie, and a short talk about the movie itself. Between those, they cover random MCU topics or a review shows or movies that have recently released. I love this podcast. If you like us, you'll like them too. They're knowledgeable, fun, and it feels like you're just hanging out with your friends. The best part about podcasts. Be sure to check out We Are Marvel. Their link is in our description. Alright, going into the news, we got a bunch of Batman stuff for the last week, the last few weeks. So we're gonna be talking about that. I want to start off with the fact that the new Batman movie is going to be PG-13. Now, for context, all Batman movies are PG-13, except for, like, one of the Batman vs. Supermans or whatever, which is a really great example of why it's not a big deal. Do you think that Batman needs to be rated R, or is PG-13 enough for an edgier take on Batman? I think PG-13 is fine, because like you're saying, all the previous Batmans that we love have been PG-13. Um, and... It, it it honestly depends on the audience they're aiming for. Because like we've talked about many times, the Joker movie was really good, but that was clearly made for an older audience. And, you know, this, we don't, I, we don't know yet until we watch it, but I would assume that this Batman movie being PG-13 is still aiming for that young, you know, young children's to young adults kind of teen age range, not necessarily just young adults and up. Um, and the fact that, being a PG-13 movie means they can make uh, toys and stuff for it, right? Like, they couldn't do that right. if it was rated R, I believe. I'm pretty sure I heard that from my favorite uh, TikTok I subscribe to. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. That's I don't think it's going to be a bad thing for the movie. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, when it's rated PG-13, they're able to really sell those toys, which is important because you can't take your kids out to an R-rated movie as easily. And mm. yeah, you want to sell those toys because that's, that's where a lot of money comes from on all these things. Yeah, I don't think rating a batman movie rated r i don't think that's what does that even mean i mean everybody makes yeah. a big deal about like deadpool or when in mcu movies rated something other than uh pg-13 I, I i get it but no it doesn't need to be rated r to be edgy like if the dark knight was exactly a pg-13 then obviously any other batman movie could be pg-13 heath ledger as the joker was as edgy at that time as you needed to be. And yeah. I think we could do th that they can do the same exact thing within the same restrictions now. One of my favorite examples, if we're looking at Dark Knight real quick, is that little like video he sent in when he like captured the journalist, when mm -hmm. Heath Ledger captured the journalist. It was just so creepy. There was no blood, no gore. It was fully PG-13. And yet I was like, that is some of the best Joker content ever. Because the way he like finished that thing off with just that mad laughter, was so fantastic. I'm going to add that laughter right now. You see, this is how crazy Batman's made Gotham. You want order in Gotham. Batman must take off his mask and turn himself in. Oh, and every day he doesn't, people will die. 
starting tonight. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> yeah, I agree that, you know, uh, it doesn't need to be any more than PG-13 because that's who the Batman character is as well. We're not trying to show kids a Saw movie. We're not trying to teach them that if things don't go the way you need to, go out in the streets with a butcher knife and you can correct everything. No, that's not that's not what Batman's about. He's about bringing, you know, justice and, and order and, you know, stopping the bad guys, but not by, you know, gutting them like a fish or shooting them down like Punisher. He's, yeah. you know, got, he's got borders, he's got limitations, and he he shows that you can walk that that hard line of, you know, living in the dark and the shadows and, and fighting for justice, but not being as dark and depraved as the, the villains themselves. Right. Yeah, I was actually going to make the, the Punisher reference as well. I was going to say, it's not like they need to do what the Punisher does. Mm-hmm. If the Punisher was going to be a movie and it ended up being like, if they did a new movie and it was PG 13. Yeah. Complain bitch moan about that for sure. I would do the same, but Batman, come on. And then speaking of, uh, we have Batgirl coming up too. It was, boy, this thing is cooking, man. The more and more information comes out of it. I think it's one of the most exciting things in the future. Batgirl's going to be an M- or a, I'm sorry, HBO Max movie. And we found out that the Court of Owls are going to be involved. They got some pictures from the set. And on the newspapers, it talks about the Court of Owls. Uh, we also know that Michael Keaton is going to be poking his head into this, too, as the Batman kind of handing down the reins. Now, are you guys familiar with the Court of Owls at all? Uh, not really. Okay. When we get to it, we're going to do a full explainer on the Court of Owls. But essentially, it's like this old school organization that's been in Gotham this entire time. And has basically been competing against the Wayne family. So it's actually kind of a bad guy for Bruce Wayne. And then they have all kinds of, you know, Batman is stopping what they're trying to do. But it's it's a fantastic newer villain. So we'll, we'll break down the Court of Owls when the time comes. Because I think it's going to be really important going forward. They were in the Gotham series, right? The recent one? I, yes, they were. Uh, the Azrael. Remember Azrael from Gotham? Yeah. Yeah, he, he's Court of Owls. Yeah, he's with them anyways. In, in the Gotham series, you get a lot of that. Uh, but yeah. And then we have Gotham PD, too. We'll talk about that, which is basically the spinoff of The Batman coming up. And it's going to have Jeffrey Wright playing Commissioner Gordon, is what we're hearing from in the rumors. And then also in the rumors, we found out that, now again, these are for legitimate leakers, but still, <laughs> that Batman himself will be popping up. That's Robert Pattinson's Batman will be popping up quite a bit. Uh, Joker's probably going to be the main villain for the first season. And Barry Coogan will be playing Joker. So Barry Coogan, you guys probably just saw him in Eternals. Kind of this young actor. I remember him from Dunkirk. He's very good in Dunkirk. Mm. He might be our our Joker going forward. I'm happy to get rid of the Jared Leto. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to. I mean, Joker. As long as you, he's got to be a different Joker each time, right? Yeah, but of course, uh, because he's, he's kind of tailored to the the actor to some extent. Uh, but as long as they cast a good actor with a you know wide range, I think there's no reason why they can't change it up. And yeah, Jared Leto was was disappointing to most fans. So I. Yeah, totally, totally get it. Yeah. And then a couple more things we want to talk about in the Batman realm. Uh, we found out another rumor is that both Batman and Superman will be removed in the upcoming Flash movie. As Flash movies cooking up to be kind of like Civil War for the MCU, where it's, yes, it's Flash movie, but it's going to involve everybody and will reset everything. So if you guys are familiar with this Flashpoint storyline, just a real quick rundown. Flash goes back in time to save his mom, screws everything up. And now Batman is actually Thomas Wayne. And all kinds of things like that. Uh, Wonder Woman is at war with Aquaman. Both their armies are fighting all the time and tearing the world apart. In this movie version, we're finding out that it's damn near confirmed that Ben Affleck's Batman will die. And then the mantle will be handed down to Batgirl. She'll be the new 
replacement Batman for protecting Gotham. And then Superman will be replaced by Supergirl. Not that Superman is going to die, but, you know, those familiar with the comic books and his, you know, usual story, he likes to go into space sometimes. They'll probably go off into space to go try to explore where more Kryptonians are or something like that. And Batgirl will be taking over. So this is feeling like a soft reboot for the DCEU. Is that needed right now? I think so. I mean, it's been kind of hit and miss. They've been all over the place. So I think if they're really trying to to do capture the magic that the MCU has, they need to make a big change. And if hopefully, you know, I don't know, new producers or directors or something and and, uh, you know, starting over, kind of wiping the slate clean. Yeah, this feels like it's it's further drawing those battle lines between the Zack Snyder cut and, and other things. Because this is erasing the Zack Snyder stuff. I mean, it really is. Mm. And I've seen a lot of fans complain on Twitter and social medias or whatever, like, oh, you know, now, why do you have to erase it? It was good stuff. And other those who of us who are like, hey, it, was, it wasn't very good. And it's a good chance to try to compete with Marvel. If you're going to actually reboot some stuff, clean it up, try to compete with Marvel. This is your chance. I don't know if DC actually has to compete with Marvel. Like, I think if they're going to compete with Marvel financially, they shouldn't do it by doing the same thing that Marvel does because they're not going to out-Marvel Marvel at this point. It's mm-hmm. too set in stone what Marvel is and, what, and DC always changes. I, I think DC needs to wipe the slate clean like you're saying. Just do something different. Yeah. Be themselves. Do other superhero stuff that's not likened to Marvel. People will always make the comparisons. It's okay. I, I watch AEW wrestling. People always compare it to WWE. They're totally different. They do two totally separate things that exist in the same realm of what people watch, but they don't need to do the same thing to compete. And I think to be fair, they were, they were trying, they were doing a pretty decent job at it. And the fact that Marvel was the Iron Man movies and, you know, Spider-Man and Hulk and Thor, their movies were really great, but they didn't have much on TV. So DC was like, oh, we're going to make the Arrowverse and all these good TV shows. And then Disney or then Marvel's like, well, we could dip into that too. And so now they're making really good shows that are taking the same, the same, you know, platform. So it's, it's kind of hard to compete when Disney says, Hey, we're going to dump a bunch of money onto something else and take your audience. The day this episode releases a new Moon Knight trailer, Moon Knight trailer is going to be coming out. And I'm so excited for a trailer to a Marvel series. (laughs) It's amazing. (laughs) How excited I am for just a small little trailer. But yeah, and I kind of feel like, DCs can find their own strength if they're to go with those darker movies. That's fine. Marvel's mm-hmm. not going to touch them. They don't, they don't want darker right. movies. They're trying to sell a lot of tickets to the masses with the formula that works. DC can make the edgier stuff that I like. Watchmen and stuff like that. That's perfect. I think that's really good. All right, Kevin. AEW, is that DC or Marvel? Um, it's, that's hard to say. It's not hard to answer. I don't like DC, but AEW is DC. WWE is Marvel. It's the, it's the big one. It's backed by the biggest money. It's backed yeah. by the, the the years and years and years of established continuity. It's it's the bigger one. WWE see, is Marvel. I want to see Kevin Feige marching out like like Vince, Vince McMahon, McMahon. <laughs> when he swings his no arms. Chance. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite. Like that video of him doing that it keeps being used in memes. And one of my favorite one is like. Dads, when they get gift cards or Home Depot gift cards, walking at Home Depot <laughs> and just swinging their arms like, I own this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so great. All right, let's talk about some video game stuff. Uh, we have Sony decides to make more PS4s because of the lack of PS5s. Does this make any sense to you, Kevin? No. I mean, everybody that wanted a PS4 has a PS4. I, it's not like... 
I, I can't even think of a situation to kind of compare it to. Like, yeah. why, 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 why? It's like Diablo 4 is not coming out, so let's re-release Diablo 2. I mean, there's some... They actually did that. Something to be said. <laughs> yeah, and there's some merit to that because people have been kind of itching to play Diablo 2. It's been dead for a while. Um, and play it in a remastered version. This doesn't add anything to the PS4. It's yeah. just them trying to be like, oh, sorry that our new stuff that everybody wants isn't available. Here's more old stuff. Yeah, it's a money been... grab, though. Why like do you they, think? It's a... they... How do you think it's going to sell? It? Well, because so everybody, uh, not everybody. There's a lot of hype behind the PS5, so everybody wants it, and there's a lot of demand and not enough supply for whatever reasons. They could be bottlenecking the supply intentionally to keep the, the <laughs> interest high and the demand high. But because if you flood the market, then they all depreciate in value. But you keep the keep the demand really high, and then everybody's talking about, oh, I want a PlayStation. I want a PlayStation. You put the PS4 out there for the for the young kids who have never had a console. Mom and dad are going to go buy them a PS4 because the PS5 is more expensive. It's not available right now. Well, he could play some of these games. He doesn't care about the graphics. He's only you know ten, so they're going to get him you know hooked on a system that's cheaper and available while they're waiting for the new one to come out. And then you know six months or a year later, when their turn is up and they can they can get one, then they're buying a second console from the same company back to back. So this is just money in their pockets. Why wouldn't why wouldn't they? start dumping a, a cheap console that's easier to make and they probably got backstore of it anyways, dump it into the markets and sell them all while they still can. That last point's a very, very fair point. Um, the, the first part about kids not caring about... I, it's not like it was when we were that age. Like, honestly, kids nowadays, they, they know what they're going to want in video games based on what the, the biggest YouTubers are playing or the biggest Twitch streamers are playing. That's true. So they're more plugged in than we were at that age. I, I don't see the point personally it's like the nintendo switch is out there the the new xbox is readily available uh that's probably since there's new stuff coming out on those that's probably what the kids are gonna get if they can't get a, a ps5 i sound so old saying that's what the kids are gonna do <laughs> those kids are their fortnights yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly they probably all have pcs that they could play on anyway yeah. <laughs> for the most part besides the the yeah yeah for zayden's birthday i'm going to his house we're playing video games all day and Zayden doesn't listen to the podcast. He watches all the TikToks, but he doesn't listen to the podcast. But um, we're we're rebuilding his computer for him too for his birthday, and so he's me and his dad. I I, I ordered the RAM. His dad's getting him the motherboard and processor, and he's all excited. Like he he loves his computer, but it doesn't run because it's a DDR three, so it doesn't run Fortnite for shit. <laughs> it's DDR three, right? <laughs> it can't do anything. So we're upgrading him to DDR four, and it's like gaming PCs is where it's at because then yeah, your birthday isn't me buying you a system that has a lifetime or a lifespan instead of upgrading your computer that'll add more lifespan to the PC. You know, that's something that's really valuable and, and trying to argue that PC gaming are better than console moot point at this point, I think. But yeah. And then for this, for Sony's move here, I think if they were to come out with this statement and then also say every PS5 game can be played somehow on the PS4 through like a port or something like that, that way you're a bit of a stopgap. That way, like, hey, we can release these games that are Deathloop or whatever that might be exclusive to PS5, but releasing these PS4 so that you can play in the meantime. Maybe something there. I think that's what they're going for, too, because I don't think that the new God of War or the new Horizon game were going to be on the PS4. I think they were going to be exclusive to the 5, but now I think they are going to be on the PS4 yeah. in the same way that Miles Morales was. And I ended up sucking it up and buying Miles Morales on the PS4 because I can't get a PS5. So yeah. I think a lot of those exclusives are going to be on the PS4, which lends some merit to it. But 
then again, I still have my PS4 because I can't get a PS5. I'm guessing everybody else that wants a PS5 is in that same situation. Or yeah. For the most part, not everybody. But. Right, right. When people want to put down 2K for one, they'll find a way. But yeah. yeah. By the liking... way, the corners of my bookshelf um, make it look like I've got Batman head. That's <laughs> fine. My Batman ears. That's a good thing for this whole podcast. You got that. You got the AEW of your corner. If we can get the PS4 in screen, we got a whole theme going on over there. I think it's great. Uh, how do you like the Miles Morales, by the way? Better. Oh, it's 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 so good. It feels the same but different from yeah. uh, the the Peter Parker Spider Man, the Mar- Marvel Spider Man. It's uh, it's so good. It's more of that, which is exactly what I wanted. But the, I think you said this best. Like the way he swings is a little different because he's still trying to learn who he yeah. is. Whereas Peter Parker, he was Spider Man for like six, seven, eight years before that game came out. Um, Miles Morales just became a Spider Man in this version of it, and you can feel it and it, it, it's so good it's so good it is i was going through my ps5 deleting games that were just like filling it up and i came across both spider-man and miles morales i was like i can't i some days i just want to go swing and man there's no way i'm gonna delete those games right now so yeah we'll have to do a level up on those at that on that game at some point um yeah uh, we also have the psvr2 i'm excited for this because i've been itching to get into vr and i've been kind of waiting for the psvr because it's that way it's in the living room I got plenty of room to trip over couches instead of tri- over here tripping over desks. It seems softer, and uh, I'm ex- <laughs> and I want to get that Beat Saber going on. Have you played Beat Saber? I think you did, right? Did you play Beat Saber before, Kevin? Uh, no. If I got, I've never tried VR before, but if I okay. did, that would be the game I want to play. I've I thought always one of you pushing buttons guys Saber. were in it. Does this sound any of you guys from pushing buttons playing that? Um, I don't know, honestly. Yeah. It's in the podcast archive somewhere. I tell you, I could have sworn you guys are talking about it. <laughs> I mean, I've talked about it a lot because it's yeah. the game in VR that I want to play the most until a good Star Wars VR game comes out. Beat yeah. Saber is what I want to do. Me too. Half-Life, or I'll play Star that. Trek. Oh, dude, yeah, there is actually a Star Trek VR that, yeah, that looks really cool. Um, and then they also announced that, or we also found out that Horizon Forbidden West, the PS4 version, the quick port that they made, actually leaked a month ahead of time. People are playing it. Of course, Sony's reaction right away was to take down all the photos and pictures, confirming that it was a leak. And so that's out there. So if you guys are waiting for the story, as I am, do not look for it because you'll find it very easily. So just kind of be aware. Last news story we're going to be talking about today, I find is just funny. I mean, in the end, it's just funny. There's two LAPD officers that got fired. Uh, We found out the reason they got fired is because there was a Macy's being robbed. And, you know, they're calling all cops, whatever. You know, I'm bad at the voice. Uh, it comes in, and these guys' response was literally just, no. And they're like, what? That's so weird. Why would you guys say no? Oh, we can't. No, blah, blah, blah. No. And then they listen to the recording, specifically them saying, I just found a Snorlax. And they turn the car around <laughs> to catch the Snorlax on Pokemon Go. <laughs> they spent the rest of the day not in the territory they were supposed to be in, because like, they were beat cops, so they're like, you got to go down this road and this road. No, they were just cruising around to all the Pokemon stops. Spinning the Pokemon, getting their Pokeballs, and catching Pokemon all the way. Their recording has them saying different Pokemon as they catch them. Like, they're excited about, you know, I got a Lugia, whatever. And then, the, this happened in 2017 when they got fired. They spent the last few years fighting to make sure that the information didn't get leaked. That they were just playing Pokemon is the reason they got fired. They were trying to suppress that. January 6th, they were like, no, that's coming out. You guys are playing Pokemon. It's going out there. <laughs> and so, that's why we found out about it just now. Should they have been fired? What do you think, Jalen? 
unfortunately, yeah, they're not doing their job while they're on the clock, though <laughs> yeah. I can't blame them. I mean, if you can, like, <laughs> quietly, you know, spin every once in a while, hey, you know, let me change my route so it happens to stop at these stops or whatever, then that's cool. But if you're literally not doing your job, like, that's that that's not going to work out. But, yeah, I understand. Pokemon Go is addicting. Has there been a video game that's pulled you away from your work, Kevin? Has there been one that hasn't? <laughs> no, I, I don't play games when I'm at work. Uh, I, I actually do keep pretty busy at work, but uh, a lot of times I'll think about what I'm going to go home and play while I'm at work, and then I'll stop working just to think about, you know, Miles Morales swinging around <laughs> New York or whatever, or think about the, the, the latest MMO that I'm going to play for a week before quitting. I, I do that a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Has either of you ever called into work to play a video game? Uh, I have scheduled vacations to video play video games. Recently. When, I uh, um, I can't remember the, the... It has happened recently. Yeah, like last year there was one. No, no. no it, yeah, uh, my vacation... Uh, I, 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 it didn't work out because they delayed the game, but I kept my vacation the same because I was already planning on taking vacation that week anyway. Mm. Um, when the first Mass Effect came out, I think it came out around my birthday or the week of my birthday or something. I have to look. No, it didn't. It came out in November. My birthday is in a week. Um, I definitely took a week off for the first two Mass Effect games. And yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely don't have any shame. I don't have <laughs> yeah. any shame with that. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I can't remember ever doing it recently, but I know especially back in the day when we were first playing WoW, probably yeah. about 10, 10 or 11 years ago or something like that. Uh, I remember multiple times I would stay up playing all night. And uh, so, you know, four or five in the morning, or whatever, uh, I would end up calling into work because I, I just need to go sleep. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I was like, yeah, I don't think I can go to work now. I'm, I'm too tired. I, you know, worked all day and then came home and played video games all night. And then it's like, I can't do that again. So, so, no, so, you know, <laughs> so I sleep for a few hours and I get back up and continue to play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's kind of how it goes. Oh, yeah. Those but, first yeah. few years, that first year, especially when we're all playing together and it's just about us, like, I remember so well, dude, like you on your hunter, we were just mm. out there trying to figure out how to level and it was so hard because it was back like basically classic, WoW. oh no, it was classic, WoW. like, mm. but we were just so freaking hooked that it was all I thought about. I remember that's, that was <laughs> all I thought about, man. And yeah, yeah, called into work, all that stuff, of course, and just neglected everything <laughs> for those first, <laughs> for that first year, especially it had me pretty good. I've had notes on my phone and like spreadsheets that I've done for specifically for satisfactory. Like yep. I'll be at work thinking about how, how to better make my, my factory efficient and how I'm going to get like five computers out per minute or whatever yeah. it is. I'll do the math. I'm like, well, I can get this note. And <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that while I'm on the clock. I don't flat out refuse to do my job, though, which is, I, I think, the, the crux of the situation with these police officers is that yeah. they just said no. <laughs> Satisfaction is a really good example of it, though, because that is something that I'll be driving around, man, like, I don't like where that pipe's at. I really got to move that when I get home, <laughs> you know, or something like that, you know, it'll bug me all day. Uh, <laughs> so while I have sympathy for these cops, yeah, they definitely would probably deserve to get fired, but I, I feel it. I feel you, man. It sucks. <laughs> That's too bad. And Macy's, I'm sure, is not happy with your performance. <laughs> but, all right, we're going to be going over the Geek Freaks Awards, GF Awards.
had the GF Awards. This is actually like because we're it's replacing the better Oscars too. This is our fourth annual GF Awards, so sounds real fancy when we say it that way. Uh, we're gonna be going over the different categories and who won. But before we announce who won, I want your guys' opinion on who you think should have won and why. Okay, so these are gonna be a little bit off the off the cuff. We're gonna be starting off with best non-comic book movie. Your four nominees are Ghostbusters Afterlife, Don't Look Up, Encanto, and Dune. Jonathan, what should win this? I got to go with Encanto. Uh, yeah. Sadly, me and my wife have watched it probably 10 times recently. I know Dune was, <laughs> was actually pretty good, even though I was harsh on the review a little bit. Uh, Dune was good. Uh, I, didn't, I still haven't seen the new Ghostbusters, but to be fair- I told you I so many to, freaking times. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch it, but I want to watch all the old ones again because I haven't seen them since yeah. I was like eight or something. And I can't find them on any of the streaming platforms. I have to go to like thrift stores and try to buy the originals or something yeah. uh, and find them that are, aren't on VHS. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so my vote's got to be Encanto. It's real good. What do you think, Kevin? I saw three movies in 2021, and they're all in the comic book category. So <laughs> um, from what little I know about any of these movies, I would say Dune just because of the, the critical reception to it. Yeah, seems so much better and bigger. I would personally, the first one I'm going to watch of these four is Encanto, though, for sure. Yeah. I, I love that that style of animation, the Pixar style. Is it Pixar or is it DreamWorks? It's mm. uh, actually, no, it's actually Disney animation. Yeah. Oh, it's actually Disney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, it, it seems like a, a movie that I would love to watch with my wife and with the dog sitting in between us and just having a good time watching that. So that'll, that'll be my first one. Real quick, uh, ODPH just talk, uh, just mentioned on uh, Twitch, Ghostbusters Afterlife should win. Uh, you know, basically, the nostalgia pulls Ghostbusters. I mean, I watched it in theaters twice. Let's see. Yeah, that's the only one I watched in theaters twice out of all these. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, I, I Oh, man. You know what? I actually do have to give it to Ghostbusters then. I was going to give it to Dune <laughs> just because Dune was, like, really good. and they. But if I'm thinking about what actually just straight up brought me the most joy... It was watching Ghostbusters, man. It just felt like an 80s action movie. Again, it was so good. But what actually won was Dune. Dune won for 45% of the votes. Second was Encanto. Third was Ghostbusters. And Don't Look Up got 2% of the votes. So it did not do great. <laughs> what is Don't Look Up? Don't Look Up is on Netflix. And if you really want a depressing night, make sure you watch it. It's about a comet about to hit the... Oh, Earth. never mind. Yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> Look at you. You yeah. caught it right away. Yeah, yeah. All right, I will give you a heads up. This next one's very one-sided vote-wise. Best comic book movie of last year. We have Suicide Squad, Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Widow, or Shang-Chi. I, I will defend Suicide Squad as it should have won because, I mean, it was a total reimagining. They saved the franchise. They brought in a lot of characters from the old one and redeemed them hardcore. This thing is a blast to watch. King Shark took over my feed. When he was out there, man, that was so good. And it wasn't in the Marvel Universe. So it wasn't like the other three in the Marvel Universe and they all fit in that Marvel formula. Props to this new kind of superhero movie that I just really enjoy. What do you guys think should have won? I'd say hands down, No Way Home. No Way Home? Yeah, what do you think, Kevin? Yeah. I, I agree. Um, it looks like ODPH also says Suicide Squad. They agree with you. But yeah. I, I agree with Jonathan here. No Way Home, for sure. And so do, all, so do all the voters with 72% of the vote. No Way Home wins it. Suicide Squad and Shang-Chi tied for second, and nobody cared for Black Widow. 
which is fair. <laughs> have have you guys seen... seen Black Widow? I haven't watched yes. it still. I've watched it a couple times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's not bad. I see that it got zero votes on Twitter, on our Twitter poll. Yeah. That is a freaking shame because that movie is so much better than people give it credit for. It is Pretty. like in my, probably in my top five or six Marvel movies. It's, it's definitely in my top 10 Marvel movies, probably in my top five. It is, in my opinion, much better than anybody gave it credit for. But come on, Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. Everybody I mean, loves yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I, I think I said Spider-Man three times, so I think it's accurate. But <laughs> everybody loves Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. There you go. <laughs> now that all the clips are coming out, I can get a good close look up of that one moment that's my favorite in the entire movie. By the way, who cares about spoilers at this point? You guys should have seen it. Where the, the three Spider-Men are, are swinging next to each other and they use each other as the fulcrum point. Like they sling their mm. webs at each other to spin. It's my favorite uh, both I've seen it in theaters twice, and the second time I'm cheering at the theaters. It was so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Black Widow was very good. And again, it kind of falls into how Marvel's doing those different genres, which was key to their success. And Black Widow falls in the Captain America Winter Soldier ones, where it's these like spy thrillers and stuff like that. And it's very good. It's totally worth the watch. And I think it sets up a lot of really good stuff with their sisters. So check it out, guys. That's a, it's a solid movie. Best animated film we have Encanto. Justice League World War II, Mitchells versus the Machines, and Raya the Last Dragon. I am backing Mitchells versus the Machine. And I know you guys are surprised by that, but Machines, but it's very, very good. It's a road trip movie with an awesome cast. And it's it somehow references like modern internet memes and stuff in a way that's like tying in old media with a movie and new media with these short form videos and TikToks and stuff like that. It's a really fun movie to watch. Can't can't suggest it enough. Uh, Kevin, which one are you picking for this list? Nothing. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I didn't vote because I haven't seen any of them. Watch I, more cartoons, like, dang it. <laughs> yeah, I, I just didn't watch a lot of a lot of movies last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only one that I even heard of was Encanto. So yeah. that's my fault. The biggest I'm budget sorry. one. <laughs> yeah. What about what about you, Jalen? Um, so I've watched Encanto and the Ray and the Last Dragon, and that one was good too. But I still got to give it to Encanto. Mostly, I think, because of the songs are so catchy. They've They're been so stuck good. in my head since I've seen it. That's part, of uh, why, that's part of why I've watched it more, you know, multiple times. Is just I want to hear the songs again, too. I was singing the, uh, uh, we don't talk about Bruno song while I'm making coffee this morning. And then I go <laughs> on TikTok and literally there's a guy who's talking about how it's stuck in his head while he's doing something in the morning. I'm like, that was me right I, now, just now. <laughs> I've done the same thing where I'm singing one of the songs from that. And the first TikTok I open happens to have that song as the background. It's like. <laughs> Oh my god, this is a problem. <laughs> that one is surface pressure. Those two are on repeat for me. Those are very good. Um, yeah. Encanto won with 47% of the vote with Mitchells and Mich versus the Machines uh, for second, 28% of the vote. And then Raya came in third. Best indie game. I'm excited to see what Kevin says on this one. He's our indie guy. Best indie game. We got Loop Hero, uh, Kenya and the Bridge of Spirits, Inscription. I always mess that up because the Y throws me off. And Knockout City. Kevin, where are you going with this one, man? I'm going the exact reverse of what the actual results are right. on this yeah. thing. Yeah, I, 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 100 out of these four think Inscription should is the is the winner because it it subverts expectations by starting off as a simple uh, deck building roguelike game mm -hmm. of sorts. And deck building roguelikes, there are a dime a dozen right now, but to get a good one, one that actually just clicks, is rare since uh, Slay the Spires was like the first big one and it was amazing uh this kind of subverts a lot of those expectations by becoming also some sort of like 
escaping simulator and it changes genres it changes uh i i can't give too much of it away because if you haven't played it then you gotta play it yeah but it, it's it's so good it, it i don't want to use the word mind-blowing because that's overused but inscription's so good that's definitely the winner yeah uh i i i want to play kenya i own kenya i just haven't played it yet but i gotta give it to loop hero loop hero is so it's it's amazing how you know a game is good when you could be bad at it and still love playing it. And that's how Loop Hero is. And it's one of those things where it's like, am I bad at it? Because I keep getting further every time. So I'm getting better at point. it. Yeah. And so it's it's one of those things where it's like, at first you're like, what is this? This is so weird. And it doesn't take long before you're like, oh, you know what? If I put the vampires over here, and if I do this over here, I can nerf the vampires a little bit. It's amazing that way. And so I'm giving it to Loop Hero, Loop Hero a game I never thought I would like. But here we are. Same thing with Hades happened a couple <laughs> a while back. Where I was like, oh, roguelikes, not my thing. And then I'm like, I can't get it off Hades. <laughs> it just takes the right game to do it for you. Jonathan, you haven't played any of these, right? None of them. I think you would like Knockout City. Yeah, The dodgeball game. Yeah. It's a kind of a um, battle royale dodgeball hybrid thing going on. Um, and most of the fans, most of the voters agreed with that. Because Knockout City won with 40% of the vote. And then we have Kenya, again, on my to-do list, <laughs> probably this month, <laughs> uh, getting uh, second place and then Lou Pearl third. But yeah, I, it's tricky with Indy because sometimes they like catch on fire like Knockout City did. There was like a good month where it was all the people were talking about. And that's, that's what people are flocking to. So that's what got the, the name out there. Yeah, my, the reason why I think Knockout City should have been fourth in fourth place out of all of them is because of the lasting appeal. It doesn't have it. Like, right. It's... It's not Fortnite. It's different. So it has that immediate hook to it. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's dodgeball. It's, it's fun. Yeah. But it looks so similar graphically to Fortnite. And the, the concept is similar enough, even though it's relatively different. I, I just don't think it had enough new to it for the lasting appeal for it to be in first place. While the other three of those will definitely be lasting for a while in the lexicon of 2021. You know, well, yeah, you're exactly right. All right, moving on to best AAA title, and this one surprised me, guys. We have Halo Infinite, we have Deathloop, Resident Evil Village, and Guardians of the Galaxy. I will say that in early votings, Resident Evil was stealing the show, but then it got overtaken. Which do you think should have won? Kevin, let's start with you. I think that Guardians of the Galaxy... I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give my favorite. My favorite of these four is definitely Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't play Resident Evil. Um... Deathloop was just so buggy when it came out that I yeah. couldn't even play much of it, and I haven't re-picked it up since then. Halo Infinite changes the entire Halo franchise for sure. I, I get that. I've been done with Halo since, you know, the original Xbox. So that's a hard one for me to vote for. Guardians right. of the Galaxy was just so mind-blowingly good. I, I, I used it again. Mind-blowing. That, yeah, that's the one I'm trying to it. not use. <laughs> yep. Um. I didn't expect it to be nearly as good as it was. The story was good. The writing was great. The character work was fantastic. Um, the only thing that I didn't like about it was the combat system. And even then, it was because it was trying so many new things all at once that it took so long for me to actually figure out what I was supposed to do in the combat system, which isn't inherently a bad thing. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, by far. Yeah, again, on my to-do list, the way you talk about it, the way you talk about the story, stuff like that, I am so interested in that. Myself, it has to be Halo Infinite because not only did they reinvent the franchise, but they also brought back a lot of the nostalgia I had in it, which is a very hard thing to do. It felt like playing Halo 3 again. Halo 3, which is a great version of Halo. And 
Yet, it's an open world game where I'm sitting there, you know, grapple hooking all over the place. The villains were very good. The story was very, it was very clear what the story was. Like, hey, you got to take this person out. You just have to. And that was very easy. That's what old Halo was, where it was like, obviously, this guy's a problem. Yeah, there's a flood. Yeah, there's this. But this is the main thing. I think they did a very good job. And they rebooted some characters in a way that, that I think, well, some fans like Daniel may be very upset with. Uh, I think it's best for the franchise. So I think I think Halo Infinite was definitely my winner by a long shot, actually, so far of of the AAA titles. Jonathan, I know you haven't had much of a chance with any of these. Any thoughts on them? Yeah, I don't have you know as much gaming time as I used to, but I definitely do want to play Halo Infinite. Uh, the other ones that I haven't really heard much about, but um, yeah, big Halo fan. So at some point, I do plan on playing it. Yeah, once the co-op is out, you and me will play it together. I think is our best bet. I know yeah. you've got. Uh, <laughs> This has been the year of a new baby for Jonathan, so it's not like video games are top of the priority. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. And amazingly, we didn't help much with our suggestions because <laughs> Halo Infinite and Guardians of the Galaxy is tied, and I was hoping that we would be the tiebreaker, but that did not happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil came in second, and Deathloop was very, very much last. So Halo Infinite and Guardians of the Galaxy tied for that one. Props to Guardians of the Galaxy, though. I mean, for to tie against Halo Infinite really shows how good it is. So check that out, guys. Most underappreciated show is one of my favorite categories we do. And so this is a show that's amazing. And for some reason, it's not really taken off. Nobody's talking about it. It's not on, you know, all the social medias. Here's our four. We have Modoc, Hit Monkey, AP Bio, and Inside Job. Now, all four of these are awesome. I'll say in my opinion. Why people aren't watching these? I mean, Inside Job feels like everybody should be onto it. It's so trendy right now. It's perfect. And uh, but what do you guys think? Is there anything here that you guys watched or liked? Either of you? I think AP Bio is my favorite out of that list. Yeah, that's just it's just hilarious. It's I don't know, the the I don't know the type of comedy that it classified, but it's just the situational mm-hmm. kind of humor they have is is pretty great. Yeah, it's closest to Community. If you guys are looking for a show to compare it to, it's Community. It has yeah. a lot of that vibe, especially in the latest season. They they were they went to streaming it so that freaking rails were off, man. They went full on community. Um, and unfortunately, also just got canceled at the end of last year. So it is the last season for it. But still worth the watch, guys. And if you guys are um, It's Always Sunny Philadelphia fans, it's got Dennis from It's Always Sunny. So that's always good to check that out. Uh, I This is a tough one for me. I think I'm going to go inside job. And just because... It's about a secret agency that basically all the crazy nuts uh, theories and and what is it called? You know, like theories that people have online. This is where they all come from. Conspiracy theories. Thank you, Jonathan. All the conspiracy theories. This is like the agency that runs them all. And so it's just kind of fun to see how they can talk about something that's very divisive in our culture right now and joke around it in a way where it's like both sides would be laughing at this. There's no doubt. And so I really like that they tackled that and they did a very good job with it. And it is getting a season two. So that's good too. Um, anything there, Kevin, you want to talk about? Uh, the only one I'd even heard of was AP bio. And that was from you that mm-hmm. I heard that I, I'm going to go with uh, number five and say Netflix cowboy bebop was the yep. underappreciated show. Underappreciated really by good. Netflix. They canceled it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, sadly, we're adding to the list, you guys still oh, have God. You guys still haven't watched Kim Convenience, right? Fucking Kim Convenience. That it's, show is hilarious. I will watch it. I, will oh, watch it. I told you I would, so I will. <laughs> and I'm hyping it so much, you're going to watch it and think, oh my God, this is so stupid. But yeah. <laughs> to me, it's just like putting on like Seinfeld or something like that, where it's just like comfortable kind of satire, just like I don't know, joking around in the shop kind of thing. But 
it's it's funny. You got to give it a shot at some point. All right. They, well, <laughs> I, I believe they did get canceled though. They have at least I think three seasons. Yeah, it is canceled. But I think it's canceled. Yeah, yeah. But good show. Uh, if we're gonna add shows to suggest, I've been watching Ghost from uh, CBS. It's really really funny. Is He's, it good? It's good. Good. Yeah. This this you know they they inherit this house, this mansion. It's got ghosts in it. She could see them. The husband can't. Shenanigans pursue. And it, it, apparently it's like a BBC show at first. But anyways, check out Ghost. It's really good too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the winner for this was Modok, which was very good. Modok I actually saw it twice. Um, it's a Marvel villain that I never thought I would see actually embraced by Marvel ever again. No, they did, and they actually made a lot of a lot of fun with it. Um, I think in the first episode, he's fighting Iron Man. Iron Man just whoops his ass so hard. And um, it's kind of like, that's how bad of a sad sap he is. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. So MODOK wins it by 32%. And then we had a tie for second place with Hitmonkey and AP Bio. Best live action show. This was hotly contested. We've got Loki, WandaVision, Squid Game, and The Witcher. Who do you guys think won this one? What do you think, I think I'm looking our, at the results, so I can't uh, okay. answer that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to guess by our audience, maybe Witcher, but I think, and, and by regular pop culture, maybe Squid Game, but uh, I'm hoping that Loki actually won him. Okay. So Witcher was last place, surprisingly. Squid really? Game, third place. So, yeah, I know. I thought for sure Squid <laughs> Game would take it just because of how big it was this year, but not with this audience. Number one mm-hmm. was WandaVision. And I got to give it to WandaVision. The directing of WandaVision is phenomenal. How they did that, where they moved from different genre, different generations of television and stuff like that. I mean, the writing team, the direction, excellent job. Loki got second place. Loki was probably my favorite Marvel series of this season. I was always, you know, all these questions kicking up and like what can happen and stuff like that. And they brought in Kang in such a wonderful way. So I, I was going to Loki myself. WandaVision, number one winner with Loki, then Squid Game. All right, we have a few more. We'll go a little bit quicker on these. Uh, best animated show, we have Arcane, Invincible, Star Trek Lower Decks, like I have to I even ask you guys, and Bad Batch. <laughs> and what was your favorite, guys? What do you think, yeah. John? Yeah, definitely Lower Decks. Lower Decks. Have you, guys been, have you guys been watching Bad Batch? I saw a couple episodes, and they were pretty good. Bad Batch was good. It is not Lower Decks level good. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's hard to beat. I would say Arcane's the best one out of all of these. I really like all of them. I mean, we, we are not losing by having these in our world. Um, but I'm going to go with Arcane was the best one. And I think that, yes, I'm probably biased because I did like League of Legends back in the day. So there's that pool going my way. But it was such a cool story and amazing world building. Invincible, though, I mean, it's undeniable how good that story is. The Robert Kirkman a comic book brought to life. And it won with 51% of the vote. It did really good. Lower Decks with second place. Arcane with third. Next, best gaming villain. Here we go, guys. Villain category. We have Anton Castillo from Castillo from Far Cry 6, Eshram from Halo Infinite, Grand Unifier Ra- Raker, Raker from Guardians of the Galaxy, and Lady Dimirescu. Boy, I hate that name. From Resident Evil Village. Uh, Kevin, did you think that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's villain was good enough to win the show? Yeah, kind of generic comic book villain. Yeah. Um, I voted for it because it's the only one of the games that I played, but I personally think that the Resident Evil one, just because of the memes and how big, yeah, <laughs> how big she got, but I mean, <laughs> literally how big over social, yeah, figuratively, especially over social media, that it, it caused quite a bit of uh, conversation about it. So I think that she, I, I, she would be my actual vote. I think she sold the game for a lot of people. Honestly, I think yeah. she she actually did good for the 
in the in the same way that like so did the Far Cry one, right? Like I think the villain is what mm-hmm. sold it, really. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Any any uh, votes on this one? Yeah, I I can't really vote. I didn't. I don't think I played any of those games. Yeah, unfortunately, I I would <laughs> vote for Halo's uh, Eshram because again the game was really good and I liked the villain. Um, Eshram, what was really cool about him is he was through the story you learn essentially the master chief for his faction. So. And he's, he's old and he's dying and he knows that this is his last fight. He like, he's coughing whenever he's not talking to Master Chief. And so it was this kind of thing where it was like, that's the future of Master Chief. And you kind of sympathize with him in that way. And he's just wanted to really go out on, on top. Uh, so I was rooting for him there. I would put my vote there, which is the tiebreaker. Well, okay. no, because you went for Lady. You ended up choosing the Resident oh, Evil, yeah. did you? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Okay. <laughs> so we have a tie. I was thinking you were going to go for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, so we have oh. a tie between Halo Infinite's Eshram and Resident Evil's Lady D. We'll just go Lady D because it's hard. Both with 30%. Uh, second place was uh, Grand Unifier Raker for Guardians of the Galaxy. Dang it, I thought we were going to break that one. <laughs> <laughs> Best TV villain. We have Agatha Hark- uh, Harkness from Re- uh, WandaVision. Uh, he Who Remains or Kang from Loki. Omni-Man from Invincible. And Shadow Spawn, which I'll just say right now, zero votes. From the, the Wheel of Time. Uh, Jonathan, yeah, I know you've seen some of these. What are you thinking? Who's, who's the best villain from TV? I think I'm going to go with Agatha Harkness. I'm excited for her like spinoff and everything. Yeah, uh, She was just a fun character, and I like how they, they made her kind of dynamic because she's you know, playful and, and can't really tell that she's going to be sinister, and then she plays sinister pretty well, so yeah. I like it. When her song came out, I bought it on iTunes. You know how long ago? <laughs> it's been so long since I bought a song on iTunes, but I bought that one on iTunes. Uh, that was good. What about you, Kevin? Uh, well, I think WandaVision was a better show than Loki, barely, but it was. Um, I think that Agatha not really being, in my opinion, the true villain of the show, which mm-hmm. I still think is Scarlet Witch. Uh, right. Uh, I, I, I voted for Kang. Yeah. Kang was awesome, and everything that he did made sense. He had a purpose for it. He yep. knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to die, and he knew that it's going to start everything. that it, it, It's all cyclical. He knows yeah. everything that's happened and everything that's going to happen, and... He'll be back. That moment when he... Oh, God, it's so freaking amazing. So I'll just kind of explain it a little bit. That moment when he like stops for a second, he's like, oh, this is all new now. And he realizes something's changed. <laughs> to the second, when time to WandaVision, it's when Wanda becomes Scarlet Witch. Right. So it's... so it's so cool. You know, there's some things there that like, that's what happened. It's her becoming Scarlet Witch. Because she's a Nexus being. So she's the same in all versions of the multiverse. And so, anyways, I fucking love Marvel. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's fun to geek out about. But I'm voting for Omni-Man here from the Invincible storyline. I'm guessing by your guys' votes and reactions, you guys haven't watched Invincible yet, have you yet? Jonathan or Kevin? It. Nope. Never heard of it. I won't say much because it, it is a, oh, you haven't heard of it. Oh, that's even worse. Uh, <laughs> it is a fantastic story. And Omni-Man, who plays like their version of Superman, uh, he's the dad of Invincible. He's the villain. And the, his dialogue, which is what's really great, he, he's played by uh, J. Jonah Jameson. I can't remember the name of the actor. But um, his dialogue is so wonderfully written, so sinister, and hurts your feelings <laughs> while you're watching it, is why he deserves to win. But people agreed with Agatha. They think that Agatha is definitely the best villain. Omni-Man was second with Loki's uh, He Who Remains King in the last place. And we have one last one, best movie villain. We have, we have Zhu Wenwu from Shang-Chi. We have Sub-Zero from Mortal Kombat, Carnage from Venom 2, and Green Goblin from Spider-Man. Jonathan, who do you think should win this one? 
Oh, that's that's an easy one. Green Goblin was just so freaking good. It, uh, William Defoe's acting just nailed it. Uh, yeah, he's he's hands down. He's got it. Yeah. What do you th- what do you think, Kevin? It was so so good to see Willem Dafoe yeah. reprise that role and still put, be able to put a new spin on it for yeah. this new universe. And even though it's the exact same character from the old movies, the, the development that that character went through in this movie alone and how well he was able to portray this version of the green. Oh, so good. So good. So good. 100% him. That part where, where Peter's feeling the, uh, the tingle and he goes into the living room and he, sticks the hands of green goblin and he's like i forget exactly what he says it, but he's like oh that neat trick of yours where you're able to feel when something bad's coming it willem dafoe delivers that line like it's poison in the ears it's so freaking good <laughs> oh it's so amazing yeah i just god i could watch that movie again and i swear i've already seen it twice in theaters and i was like mm, i could go see it again it's really <laughs> i went the second time i we went i went with daniel and this was like you know two weeks afterwards and the theater was like yeah they were clapping at the end or whatever and Daniel's like, oh, yeah, it was good. And I'm like, but Daniel, you don't understand. The premiere weekend when you saw this thing and like the energy in that room was electric. It was. And then I sent him a video of like Green Goblin's reveal and how like people were cheering in another theater. I'm like, that's what it was. People were like cheering at things on the screen. And it was just like, oh, it felt so good to be back in that environment. And because those are the people that care about seeing a Spider-Man movie or Marvel movie. Now, you know, two weeks later, it's just date night or, you know, mom and dad get away from the baby kind of thing. So it's like not people that are there for that movie, but yeah, when you see the premiere, it's like, damn, those are the fans. Those are the people that really care about it. So much. And that Matt Murdock freaking reveal. Ooh, it <laughs> was <me>. good. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, so that was the GF awards. I think we had some really solid winners, some surprises, but I think in general, uh, Spider-Man did quite well this year and, and showed off a little bit. <laughs> that was good. Um, All right, guys. So we have Trek freaks coming later this week, pushing buttons is on the horizon. Geek Freaks interviews, we already have a couple booked up, and we're going to be releasing some of our old interviews that are buried and hidden. They'll be re-released on Geek Freaks interviews and stuff like that. We have so much coming for you guys. So check out all our feeds. Subscribe to everything below in the description. And hey, drop them reviews. We really appreciate the reviews. That's going to help out those brand new channels really shine. Take it easy, and you guys have a great week. Bye. for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week